Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no question a lot is at stake in this year's election at all levels of government. We here at the Topeka Capital Journal are doing our part to share the perspectives of those running for elected positions in Kansas. My name is India Yarbrough, and I'm a reporter for the Capital Journal. Over the next few weeks, leading up to the November 3rd general election, our reporters will be interviewing candidates running for local, state, and national offices. We'll be asking them questions about their platforms and priorities, and having conversations about what this year's election means to Kansans. We hope you enjoy listening to our Election 2020 podcast series. My name is Brianna Childers, and I'm a reporter for the Topeka Capital Journal. Today, we are sitting down with Janlyn Nesbitt-Tucker, who is running as a Republican for the Kansas House of Representatives District 55. She is going to speak with us about why she is running for election and her stance on a variety of topics, including Medicaid expansion, police reform, medical marijuana, and bipartisanship. Nesbitt-Tucker was born in New Orleans and moved to Kansas in 2004 after being recruited here for the CEO position of Topeka Metro. She spent eight years in that position before she and her husband, Angus, decided to open Black Label Transportation Group. As a small business owner, one of Nesbitt Tucker's priorities is empowering small businesses. She also believes in fighting for children's education, preserving values, reviving the economy, and protecting freedoms. Janlyn, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to start by talking about how you got started in politics and why you are running for District 55. Well, you know, I've never really, I've never held a political office and I've never had political aspirations. Um, Whenever I was at the Transit Authority here in Topeka, I did uh, author and introduce and pass legislation that expanded the service area from three quarters of a mile to 90 miles. So that was great. Worked with some wonderful uh, bipartisan legislators and had that at no cost to the taxpayers. It was it was wonderful. Also had an opportunity to work with Senator Moran's office, Jerry Moran's office, on an amendment to the Um, transportation bill called the Fair Share Amendment. And what that did was bring more money home to Kansas for all transit systems. Because as flyover country, people think, oh, well, transportation is not important. We're going to give all our money to the East Coast and West Coasts because they have all the transit service. And that just wasn't true. So... Okay, so that kind of started your interest in politics and kind of taking that next leap? That really wasn't the impetus. Um, The impetus was the closure of how, closure and, and, and how as small businesses, we closed down, it was supposed to be for two weeks, and after three or four weeks, I just after non-responsiveness and such, 
I decided, you know, this is this is ridiculous and it's time. And my opponent, I love her to death. She's a she's a she's a great gal, but she never has anyone that runs against her. So I thought, you know what? This is the time. And I'm gonna jump in and and we're gonna have an opponent this year. So that is how it all happened. Okay, gotcha. So um I want to talk about bipartisanship a little bit. Um, how would you work with members of your opposing party to come to agreements that work in the best interest of Kansans? You know, we have we are so polarized, and it's the problem is that the focus is not on the people that live in your district. The focus is on what. I want and what you want. And I think if we change our focus and we focus back on the families who we're serving, I think that um, that would take care of a lot of things. And one thing that I have heard as I've knocked doors is um, people just feel ignored and not listened to. So we have to listen. We really have to listen. We really have to focus on what they're saying so that we can best represent them regardless of what the topic is. You talked about how you go around and you're knocking on doors and you're hearing like the things that um, your constituents you know, see as issues. Um, so what potential areas of compromise do you see, and then what are you kind of hearing from your constituents that like they want to see compromise on? Well, one of the things that is a big concern is the other side of COVID and getting through this. I think that lots of people have ideas about how things need to be going forward, but you know the the bottom line is if we don't have strong small business and our a strong economy we're we are in trouble in fact, we are in trouble significantly, and we have to come to an agreement about that. We seem to be divided on um, Medicaid expansion, there are a lot of people who have a lot of different opinions on how we pay for that 10% that is, that's left unfunded. We have people that are concerned about school funding and the, the way that the funding formula is set out for that. So there are, there are a lot of things that we need to look at and work on. Mm -hmm. I want to segue into... Um, the budget and kind of what COVID-19 has done to it. Um, there's obviously been a lot of shortfalls in the budget because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, how would you address some of those budget shortfalls and what sources would you tap into? You know, whenever I was at Topeka Metro, I came in and we didn't even have a line item budget. I just came in and it was kind of a, just a, it was not run the way that I was used to having a transit system run financially and or fiscally. And um, it took a little bit to step back and take a look at things. So in coming into a new position like this, I, it would be terrible for me to speculate and say, I would take this money from this fund or this fund and, you know, boost it. 
I would really need to take a look at things so that we could be clear and so that I could make the very best decision. Do you think being a small business owner and your um, experience as serving as CEO of Topeka Metro kind of gives you a leg up in working with budgets? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I had no idea that managing a large budget like I did at Topeka Metro would be such an opportunity with Black Label. But it has been, and we have, while, you know, some of our other business uh, associates and friends have had such trouble and have struggled through so much, I was able to, you know, squirrel away money here and there. And we've done okay, and we are still in business, but so many people are not. And regarding a, um, a larger budget or larger budgets like you have in the, you know, with the state, um, I have. I really am able to look at things from a 35,000-foot view, and um, it's more strategic. My, I bring more of a strategic uh, perspective. Right. Okay. I want to talk about medical marijuana. What is your – it's something that was very brief, briefly discussed in the last legislative session – um, but what is your stance on leg- the legalization of medical marijuana? Okay, well, first of all, let me just tell you that mar- I believe in my heart of hearts that marijuana is a gateway drug. It is. It is firsthand through you know from my family. I've seen the destruction that that can cause. Um, however, I'll just take me for instance. My mother suffers from chronic and debilitating back pain. And I know there are a lot of people, especially in our district, that are a little bit older that need pain management. And if that is something that we can certainly legalize and, um, and you know, monitor, then absolutely we need to look at legalization of medical marijuana. So do you think that an adoption of a medical marijuana bill would be beneficial for Kansans long term? Yes. Okay, so we're going to move on to Medicaid. Um, Missouri recently passed Medicaid legislation via a ballot measure, and it's been a point of contention among Kansas legislators in recent years. With no citizen-initiated ballot measure available in the state, it's up to legislators to agree on a bill. Um, What is your stance on expanding Medicaid? You know, I hear a lot about that at doors. A lot of people are... um, are very interested. We have there are pluses and minuses to, you know, that kind of expansion. One of the pluses is that we are going to be serving the um, the working poor, people who really can't afford insurance but don't qualify for uh, Medicaid. I think that. Um, I think we need to debate it on the the Senate floor. You know, the Senate had a has a bill that um, will essentially pay for that that offers. I mean, there's a portion of the bill that actually offers to pay for a portion uh, of the the ten percent that is that we would be expected to pay for, and um, you know. 
my concern is that the 10% would land on the shoulders of small businesses that are struggling to get back through. So I'm, I'm very interested in seeing where this goes. I think that we need to let it play out and see where it goes. So you're interested in learning more about it, but you're not quite sure yet um, if you are for or against I'm it? very interested in the concept. I want to make sure that it's affordable for us okay. and that, that our families don't harbor any of the expense. I, I want to make sure that it's affordable. Why do you think it has been such a contentious issue in the past? There has not been a um, that responsibility from us, from the state. Um, the the ten percent is uh, is really hard. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that we struggle with. Um, I think that we struggle with can care. I think that it, it's a it's an area that really needs uh, to be propped up. It needs some tweaking. So um, I think that's another problem. Mm-hmm. Fix your problem and then move forward. But if we can do both at the same time, I don't know. Maybe this is something we should look at. Right. I just don't know. I want to jump to police reform and criminal justice reform um, since it's been a hot topic throughout the summer, especially after the death of Minnesota man George Floyd. Um, are there any kinds of police reform or criminal justice measures that you would like to see introduced in the next session, if any? You know what? There is nothing worse than a bad cop. A bad cop gives good cops such a bad name. And we have amazing law enforcement throughout Topeka and throughout our state. In District 55, we have um, we have the most crime in the city. It's horrible. And uh, we have already seen reduction in police funding over the last couple of years. Um, certainly, we always need training, uh, absolutely, but we need to put in place um, we need to put in place some uh, cause and effect uh, laws. I am actually the victim of um, police brutality when I was 27 and lived in Texas, and um, you know it was you know it was just a terrible experience. So I bring kind of a different and unique perspective. Um, I absolutely respect our police officers; they have a hard job. And uh, it's, uh, it's tough to be a law enforcement officer. And we have some people that probably shouldn't be police officers on our force. Is there anything else that you would like your voters to know about you um, ahead of the election? You know, I bring kind of a middle voice. I am not, uh, I am not so, I'm, I'm running on the Republican ticket but I am not so far right that I can't listen and that I can't consider things that are important um, to our, our community. Our community is suffering. We have seen job loss. We've seen cars repossessed. We've seen the loss of homes. We've seen evictions. People are in pain, and they need to be listened to, and I don't think that that is what is happening now. Recently, my opponent sent out a Zoom invitation, and the invitation was targeting Democrats. 
to learn what they felt were the things that were important, but they didn't include the Republicans or the the unaffiliated or undeclared or you know independents. And we we have to work together. The time for career politicians to step aside is now. We we need change. We need to be able to have someone who is willing to listen, who is willing to, you know, talk to people at their door, just like I've done for the last two months, visiting with families all over. And um, I believe that we need someone who is business-focused because um, small business, not government, but small business is who is going to pull us out of the um, economic downturn that we're currently in. We need to focus on business because when you do that, you know, you right the ship, people can come back to work, the economy can start thriving again, kids can go back to school, moms who have had to stay home for Zoom school Moms can, you know, get back to work. It's, it's been a really hard six or eight months, and I think I can lead us back out of this ditch that we have found ourselves in. And I just, I just want us to step back, take a breath, and head in a new direction. We've been going in the same direction for so long, and not much has changed. And I think it's time for... I think it's time for change. I think it's time for new leadership, um, someone who's um, got a strong voice and someone who's determined to um, to really move things along instead of going along to get along. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank you. listening to this episode. If you're looking for more, you can support local journalism by subscribing to cgonline.com, reading our articles, and following the latest news on our social media platforms. You can also find more podcasts like this one in the Apple Podcasts app, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.